Hi guys, Tomo Lovrick and Sean Quigley here from What's Going On Here, the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, Pod Directory, and Blueberry. So tune in and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's Going On Here. My name is Tomo Lovrick, also known as T-Love in topiary circles. And with me, as usual, I have the young, the dashing, the sleek, the smashing, Mr. Sean Quigley, a.k.a. the Lord Chancellor, a.k.a. the Lord Marshal, a.k.a. he will sing your panties off, ladies, a.k.a. the Quig, as he is known in water polo circles. Yeah. How are you, sir? Good. Yeah? You know? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Water polo, it's just, it's picking up. The weather's picking up. It's a lot better time of the year to be doing water polo. Yeah. Well, I mean, the horses can't handle it in the winter. No, the horses can't handle it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's a little known fact. Sean is one of the originators of the horse water polo league. So what you do is you basically could put a horse in a pool and it just walks around in the water and craps while you pass a ball around. You have nets. You have nets. Like little fishing nets. Yeah. <laughs> and you're a beater like yeah. in Harry Potter yeah. and you just beat the poo out of the pool. Yeah. That's horse water polo, apparently. Yes. Yeah. We, we just invented a sport, dude, and we made some money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you know someone's going to hear this and like, let's do this. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds great. Right. <laughs> Well, folks, for those of you that don't know, we are a podcast that watches little-known TV shows and movies, and we watch the middle 20 minutes, and we um, choose—we prefer to choose movies and shows that are not in English, and then we turn off any dubbing and any uh, uh, subtitles, and we try to figure out what's going on here. Mm. At the same time, what we do is we review drinks, mm. adult beverages, craft beer, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um mm. Today, we're in honor of the Final Four starting tomorrow, actually. We did this last year as well. We have a tournament, all of the brackets, mm-hmm. where we try to determine the best of whatever subject we choose. Last year was superhero movies. We did. This year, yep. appropriately enough, we decided to do Bond movies. Yes. And there's 26 of them. Although they're, unofficially, there's 24. Yeah. Or, or I should say, officially there's 24, but there were 26 Bond movies, technically speaking. Um, so that's what we're choosing, and of course, um, I'll, I'll get to the brackets in a minute. The other thing we're doing is reviewing... We are on location, as you can probably hear, because there's noise in the background. We're reviewing Road to Ruin, which is a double IPA by Two Roads Brewing out of Stratford, Connecticut. It is a... I just had all of this stuff, and I put it away. Where is it? Oh, here we go. It is a double IPA, like I said, 6.3% ABV with a 78 IBU. So, um, let's pour these suckers, because these are usually the, 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 the stars of the show. 78, that's quite high. It's one of the higher IBUs we've had. we've had recently. 
It, it is. Oh, but it's a lovely color. Oh, this looks like a lovely lager, quite frankly. Very clear. Oh, very fragrant. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, it's definitely an IPA. It's nice and hoppy. Mm. That's nice. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. Temptingly hoppy ale, it says on it. The road less traveled. A big hoppy nice. IPA with plenty of bite. It would be a sin to resist. And for some reason, there's like Adam and Eve on the bottle with like a hop covering their bits. Bits. I may have had this before. I don't know. Really? We certainly had two roads. We, we've times. had two roads on the show before. Okay. But we definitely didn't have Road to Ruin. Yeah. This is one of those I see very often in like restaurants or okay. certain little places and they'll have uh, two road beers. I see it quite a lot. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right. Well, this is kind of tasty. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Definitely of the season. Certainly. The sun's uh, starting to come out. Yeah. I'm, yeah, man. Excellent. So, like we said, we're doing Bond movies. 26 Bond movies unofficially. Officially 24. Yes. Now, what I did, because we are looking at a huge history of are we, Bond movies. Are we going to, like, based on, like, at the end of this, uh -huh. is that going to, like, inform some other, like, sub-tournament of Bond actors or something? Like, based on the results of the films you What do you mean through? the sub-tournament of Bond actors? Like, you know, we, like, rank the Bond actors... We can do that along as we go along. I don't on, see why not. I, I don't, I'd, what I'd be interested to see is, like, before we do it, make a list of who we think the order is, and then by the end, and tally up, like, you know, sure, sure, how sure. many of the movies got to certain places. And I bet, you know, certain people might end up getting higher than they would, potentially. You, you know what? That's a great idea. And why don't we do that along, where yeah. we determine who was the best bug in our books yeah. for us. Yeah? Mm -hmm. All right. So, there have been, then... Let me see. Um, it's not looking good for you, Lazenby. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's... Let's go through the list then. Of the unofficial ones. Because the unofficial movies were Casino Royale, a 1967 version. Yeah. Which I vaguely remember watching as a kid. Uh -huh. And I remember being horribly disappointed. Yeah. And I wasn't... I wasn't sure if I... I thought I didn't see it. And then I read what the movie was about. And I remember seeing it and how I hated it. Because it wasn't the same James Bond that I was looking forward to yeah. as a seven, eight-year-old. Because I want to see James Bond with the ladies and the fancy cars that do all sorts of tricks. Yeah. And just like saving the world, right? So, the, uh, the, un the unofficial Bond movies is Casino Royale, made in 1967, with David Niven mm. as James Bond. Yep. Did he get knighted? Was he Sir David? Yes. Okay. And then... Which makes him only the uh, third... Makes him, even though it's not official, he's only the third English James Bond. Who are the first two? Um, Craig? Roger Moore and Daniel Craig. Oh, yeah, oh, that's the right. The only two English Bonds. Everyone else is not English. Craig is English? Daniel Craig's English. Daniel Craig? Yeah. That sounds very Scottish, nah, mate. he's English. Mate, come on. I mean, maybe back, well, I don't know, but he's English. Okay, all right, fair. Everybody else is, you know. Yes. Dalton is... Dalton's Welsh. Is Welsh. Lazenby is Australian. And Connery is Scottish. His brother's Irish. And Pierce, Pierce Brosnan's Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, so David Niven in Casino Royale 1967 was the first unofficial Bond. 
And then a second unofficial bond is actually Sean Connery, believe it or not. Uh-huh. And Never Say Never Again, because he hated Broccoli and those guys, and he just really wanted to stick it to them. Yep. And he made it in 1983, yep. believe it or not. Was it with, a remake of Thunderbolt? It was a remake of Thunderbolt, completely. Yeah, yeah. If you read about it, it's the guy who had the rights to it wanted to make another one, just uh-huh. for the hell of it. And it was, um, was it uh, Kim Bassinger as a young, undiscovered starlet yet. She still hadn't made, because um, the big one to me that, that propelled her was uh, Nine and a Half Weeks with Mickey Rourke. Yeah, that is so wrong to think about the idea that there was a film where Kim Bassinger was playing the romantic interest of Sean Connery. Yeah. That is so wrong. I mean, that's, that's like, he is... This, I mean, this is know. the beauty of James Bond. There's so much stuff to get into and so much stuff to talk about. Even though, like, this is only 26 things we have to go through, yeah. I can see this going over seven episodes like the last one because there's just so much shit to cover. Like, yeah. one... <clears throat> The, the first thing I'll put forward is, one, we're looking at almost 60 years worth of movies. Uh-huh. So for these, unlike with the superhero movies, I found the numbers f- adjusted for inflation. Uh-huh. And then did the ranking like I did last year, basically how much money the movie made, that's the kind of the rank you got. And because it's 26 movies, our, our brackets are kind of odd. So we have a bunch of playoffs first. So there's a playoff to get into, so there's a lower bracket with eight teams. Or eight movies. I'm saying teams. Uh-huh. Eight movies. And then the two best movies from that lower bracket do a playoff against the 15 and 16 seed in the Sweet 16 bracket okay. to see who goes on into the main one. Okay. But even before getting into the lower tier bracket, we have to have two playoff shots because the two lowest movies, the 26 and the 24, 25, have to face off against the 24 to get into the lower tier bracket. Right. Now... I know some people will say this is a flawed way of doing it, but I've consulted all of my science friends at the Los Angeles Alamos National Laboratory, and uh-huh. they have told me that this is the best way of figuring things out. Great. Okay. So, again, uh, uh, um, movie box office tickets have been adjusted for inflation. And why don't I go through the rankings? Okay. For, should I go lowest to high or high to lowest? Um, lowest to high. Okay, so lowest to high was, in fact... Casino Royale 67 with David Niven. Yeah. And that made, adjusted for inflation, $260 million, believe it or not. Wow. Right. Wow. And that's a, and <laughs> technically, that's a spoof movie. You want me to read you the, uh, the, the storyline? Okay, yeah, yeah. I've never seen it. I've, like I said, I remember vaguely and remember just being like, what the hell? Did, what? I actually remember picking up in the video store when there was still such a thing as a video store. Right. And my mom or dad or one of them saying, you don't want, you don't want to watch that. Right, no. And there's, there's, there's a photo shot of David Niven. Yep. And I remember being super excited to see this Bond movie because there was a new Bond movie to see. And it was Bond coming out of retirement. And that's David Niven's characters coming out of retirement. I'll, I'll read this. So. He's a real war hero, though, David Niven. Like, he was a real, like... Well, when the actors who like, fought in the war killed Nazis and stuff. Well, I mean, that's why he was so good in The Bridge and the River Kwai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Okay, so... Here's, here's a summary for uh, Casino Royale 67. Bond is brought out of retirement to deal with Smirsh and is promoted to the head of MI6 on death of M. He recruits Baccarat player Evelyn Tremble to beat Smirsh against Le Chiffre. You know who's Le Chiffre in this movie? No. Orson Welles. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, what's his face? Peter Sellers is in this movie. Oh, yes, Wow. And I'm going to get to the it. best part. The best part. And when I read it, I cracked up out loud. And I was like, yes, this is why as a kid, yeah. I freaking hated this movie. Yeah. Okay. 
having embezzled Smirsh's money, Lashifa is desperate to cover is desperate for money to cover up his theft, which is basically based on the book, which is the Roger Craig introduction, very similar. Tremble stops Lashifa's cheating and beats him in a game of Baccarat. Tremble is captured, tortured, and killed. Bond establishes that the casino is located atop a giant underground headquarters run by the evil Dr. Noah. He and Moneypenny travel there to investigate. He's brought out of retirement. Why is he bringing an old woman with him on this mission? Anyway, Dr. Noah turns out to be Sir James' nephew, Jimmy Bond. Wait for it. Who plans to use biological warfare to make all women beautiful and kill all tall men, leaving him as the big man who gets all the girls. The casino is then overrun by secret agents and a battle ensues, but the building explodes, killing all inside. Wow. You know who Jimmy Bond was? I'll give you three guesses. Uh-huh. Go for it. Woody Allen. Absolutely. It was yeah. Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah. It was Woody Allen. Yeah. I thought I remembered that. I totally Peter remember. Sellers and Woody <laughs> Allen were in this freaking film. I love the Woody Allen. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jimmy Bond. Uh, Uncle Jimmy, I, 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 I don't want to be that guy anymore. So, yeah. yeah. So, that's, that's, that's that movie. Anyway. So, that's number 26. Number 25, Timothy Dalton's License to Kill which came out in 1989. Uh-huh. That made $317 A View to a Kill with Roger Moore. That was his last one, his okay. swan song. That, that was by the time he was like 74. Because <laughs> he was old. Like, he I was... found out something surprising, actually. Yeah, yeah. About his... So, anyway. A View to a Kill, $357 million. Yeah. He's three years older than Sean Connery, or was when he was alive. Yeah. Which I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his first Bond appearance in Live and Let Die... Yeah. He was 46. Yeah, I know. I was I mean, like, yeah, what? Was, because he'd already had a whole career. I mean, he was the same. The same for, like, for eight years. years. Oh, eight years? Why? Wow. Seemed longer. Yeah. Because of syndication. Yeah. But yeah, because... His first marriage was in 1946, dude. <laughs> my mother wasn't even a freaking itch in my grandfather's eye yet. I'm like, what? And he carried on for a long time. Like, he was one of those people, even though he's incredibly old, when he died, it was only a half a years ago. I remember it was... It comes Two years ago. Yeah. Because I was like, wow, because I just got so used to seeing him. He was always popping up in things, it, and he always. never changed. No. Out, it, out of all the people that have played Bond, right. not least of all because he is English, and he's English, he is definitely by far the closest person to Bond, like in real life. Like whenever yes. you would see him talking in interviews or himself, I mean, he is Bond. If, I mean, if, there's a reason he was playing Bond, he, he was just that guy. He hated, he hated the fact that he was the guy that replaced Sean Connery. Mm. And Sean could, Connery could hate Bond more but I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit. Let me go through this ranking first then. So, um, Roger Moore, View to a Kill is 24. The Living Daylights with Timothy Dalton was uh, 23 with 424 million. Uh, Octopussy, 474, Roger Moore. Never Say Never Again, 476, Sean Connery. Dr. No, 497, almost a half a billion dollars in 1962. Jesus. Well, again, this adjusted is a, for adjusted yeah. for inflation. The but that man, just shows you back in the day, movies, you know, for movies, I mean, it made a lot of money. A, a lot movies. of money. A yeah. lot of money. The Man with the Golden Gun is next at $499 million. Tomorrow Never Dies with Pierce Brosnan. The Man with the Golden Gun, which features, uh, that's Christopher Lee, right? Christopher, yes, yeah, Christopher Lee, absolutely. Who apparently was one of the biggest inspirations for James Bond as a character. No, I'll tell you who the biggest inspiration oh. I have a story for that. I read a, I read a, I read a, I read a spy, uh, uh, um, I read a spy uh, 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 history yeah, novel. Yeah, yeah. 
and this guy put together a bunch of like spy missions between the U.S. and the Russia mostly, yeah, yeah, but then yeah. some other heists. And he talks about Ian uh, 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 Ian, Fleming. Ian Fleming's inspiration yeah, yeah. was actually a Bosnian banker uh-huh. named Dusko Popov, oh. and he was just was like handsome. And you see old pictures yeah, of yeah. him. He's like cuts quite a figure yeah, yeah, in yeah. like a suit and a long trench coat. He has kind of receding hairline, but he's a handsome guy. And he spoke like three or four languages. Okay. Yeah. And he and uh, what's his face recruited him. Uh-huh. Ian Fleming actually yeah. recruited him to be kind of like an information getter because he was in because Bosnia was under the Austro-Hungarian Empire first, then it was like the former Yugoslavia. Yeah. But there was always like connections with Germany or whatever. And he was a banker, so he'd get in and all these high society parties and and things like that. Yeah. And he would like seduce all these women, and like that's who he like based James Bond on because he was just like this guy's like incredible like because he was just going and like sleep with like every commander's wife kind of stuff and it was nuts so anyway where do we stop uh tomorrow never dies 533 million for your eyes only roger moore 541 million the world is not enough pierce brosnan 547 that's number 16 15 on her majesty's secret service with george lazenby okay 14 golden eye pierce brosnan 589 13 die another day pierce brosnan uh 605 it's a shame that that got higher than the other two from russia with love with sean connery um 649 one of my favorites actually from russia with love that's one of the classics yes yes um with robert shaw Uh before he was it's also like the most iconic whenever i think of bond like poster it's like the most iconic that thing of him with a gun and the like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very iconic. Yep, image. yep, yep. Quantum of Solace, number 11, 692 million. Diamonds Are Forever with Connery at number 10, 721 million. Yeah. Moonraker, 729 million at number 9, which I find laughable because Moonraker was just like yeah. almost, was, was laughable. Like, that's when the camp really just like took off. After my, Quantum of Solace, it's almost worth, I don't know if like what legal thing is, maybe we can, maybe we can't. There's a, there's a podcast that I used to love years ago. And uh, they used to do, they used to write their own jingles for things. Every week they come up with a different theme. It's these double act from England who are fairly famous. One of them now is a director, a Hollywood movie director. Uh But they used to do every week this different jingle. One week they had to do a Bond jingle. Uh Quantum of Solace had just come out and they both had to do a Quantum of Solace, Uh like the the Bond song for it. (laughs) And like that, the water, I remember, it's so amazing. Like there's a way we can find a clip and somehow like, Sink into the episode and like you know give them credit. Okay, that might be worth because I think the listeners will get a big kick out of that. Okay, it's well, so funny. Well, then I'm gonna have to look for it and find it. Yeah. Okay, number nine, Moonraker, like I said, seven twenty nine. Mm. Number eight, Casino Royale with Daniel Craig, seven hundred forty three million. Okay. Which surprised me actually. That, that's very surprising. There's six films above it. Like you think seven. I the spy who such a the spy deal. who loved me was number seven. Okay. At 770 million, you only live twice with Sean Connery. Yeah. Is uh, number six at 841 million. Live and Let Die was number five at 918 million. Spectre probably. It was his start. Yeah. It was right. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Spectre is number four. Daniel Craig 935 million. Goldfinger with Sean Connery. Believe it or not, one billion one point. 0.015 billion. Yeah. Wow. Number two is Thunderball, 1.129 billion. Love and number song. one is Skyfall with Daniel Craig, 1.218. So those are the rankings by how much money they made. 
So, okay. in our bracket then, the bottom two are number 26 and number 25, obviously. And that's License to Kill, number 25, uh, Timothy Dalton. And number 26, Casino Royale, David Niven, 1967. So, there's that. I mean, one of the big things with Bond, which always surprised me, and I was, I was thinking about it a little bit today on, on the way over here, the universal appeal for it. Because uh -huh. it's not just here. Yeah. It's worldwide, you know. And it didn't matter if you were living in a communist country. Now, now granted, under Russia, they probably didn't show a lot of the James Bond movies. Yeah. But I remember in former Yugoslavia, we used to see all the Bond movies. And everybody just... Like I said, everyone liked the idea. One, first of all, this dude who's just a badass, and every woman just like takes her clothes off the minute he walks into the room. Two, and I think the main, I think, appeal. So there's that, like badass and, and women. There's that universal appeal. And I think the other crossover your appeal as not so much political ideology as it was the cars. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Because always the fancy cars. Because I, I was thinking about it. I was like. Why is Fast and Furious like on a spinoff now after like seven or eight movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all I can think of is like when I think about people that you meet from other parts of the world, what's the one thing they can all agree upon? At least the guys. Oh, did you see that new Lambo? Did you yeah, see that yeah, new yeah. Ferrari? Did you see that new Porsche? It's like, and everybody wants one. Yeah. And it makes sense that you would have the Soviets being the bad guys and that, and like, it fits so perfectly when cars are like, it's like the best representation if you're in, right in the in the heat of the Cold War, right. the best representation of like showing like the good guys and the bad guys is cars. Cars. Because you've got Aston Martins versus like Ladas. <laughs> Ladas. Right. Because it skips on wheels. And Volgas. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Communist countries don't necessarily make the fanciest cars. No, no. <laughs> I, I mean, and that's a joke because the limos in the communist countries were always Mercedes. It's like, wait a minute. Aren't those guys the bad guys from like two yeah. wars? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you have their cards? But you're absolutely right. So I like, think that's one of the universal appeals is that. Yeah. So. But even when it was, say, Russia versus the, the West, it, right. it was always like a rogue general. Like it was never like No, Russians. no, no, the official. It was always like, oh, there's a crazy general who's kind of gone off the mark. And it was never like against the leader of Russia. But it, it's it, but initially it was. Like we said, from Russia yeah. with love. Yeah. yeah. Um, it literally was. They often, in very racist and horrible ways, and ways these movies are so badly dated, like Dr. No, uh -huh. uh, Goldfinger, yeah. like the movies like that. But she's, you're right, like Goldfinger was like the baddie, yeah, yeah, yeah. who kind of had his, and he was helping China to basically destroy the U.S. economy. Yeah. Like China was this nebulous thing, and it was never really Chinese forces or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's funny to see how the socioeconomic thing developed with with the storylines because as it went on into the 80s all of a sudden there was like a warming of relations and then you got the spy who loved me uh -huh. with roger moore yeah. and russia and the u and the uk uh, um collaborated to stop and i forget what the villain's name was you know from destroying the planet and uh -huh. and, and starting his own civilization because that seemed to be a recurring theme yeah. in the early ones like villains wanted to just destroy civilization and start their own like idyllic Utopias or whatever it was, yeah. So that that always got me like that, and I mean putting everything together, compiling it, listening through it, and like just looking at the money that Dalton made, he was just not like no because the Dal Timothy Dalton movies are number twenty five and twenty three, uh -huh. like they didn't give him a chance. Yeah, like Lazenby was supposed to be like the best thing since sliced bread, but I don't know if you ever saw the. 
that, uh, 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 a documentary about him and the whole thing? No. I've heard him talk though. I've heard an interview with him when he discussed the whole process of getting the job. Oh, yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah. Because yeah. he never acted. <laughs> he went in there and they said, can you act? And he said, yeah, I can act. Yeah. And he used to work as a ranch hand, like in Australia. And they brought in a stunt guy and said, can you throw a punch? And he was like, that's basically what we did every freaking Friday night. was yeah, like, yeah. we go piss away our money <laughs> and then beat the snot out of each other and go back to work on oh. Monday. So he said he threw a cross at the stunt guy, dropped him like a sack of potatoes, and they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, can you ride a horse? He was like, yeah, I work on a horse ranch kind yeah. of stuff, you know. And they're like, all right, great, you're hired. And he said for the first day, he went in and, and he went to like the director. He's like, listen, dude, I, I've never been on a set before. Yeah, yeah. He's like, what? He says, I've never been on a set before. Didn't you interview with like Broccoli and Salzman? Yeah. And you fooled them? He's like, yeah. He said, those two guys are the biggest freaking sharks in Hollywood. Uh-huh. You're a fucking actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the fact that you fooled them, like completely, you know. But but what happened was, the, where the fallout was, he was totally anti-establishment. Uh-huh. Like the whole hippie thing came along. Because when was, when was, uh... ah, shit, where's the thing now? Uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, 1969. Uh-huh. Literally the height of yeah. hippie... And he totally, like, after the movie came out, he grew his hair out, he grew his beard out. And they were like, dude, you got to promote this movie. you got to be, like, clean-shaven James yeah, Bond. Yeah. And he was like, fuck off. I'm dropping acid and banging chicks. You know, screw yeah. you. Screw the establishment. And they were like, all right, you're done. Yep. And then they got more. Yeah. And he, I think he was a model, Laser Beam, originally. I think that was one of the things. I heard it was an interview. He did. He was talking about him saying that he was, he'd done modeling or something. And uh-huh. he got an agent through that. And then that had come through. And the bond thing had come up, right? And his agent or someone said to him, "Was like, yeah, this is something maybe you could give a shot going for the meeting." And like, so he wasn't an actor, but as like a modeler, his background was all he knew was like image was a big thing to him, right? And he literally he went and he found out where Sean Connery got his haircut <laughs> and his suits made, <laughs> right, right, and he right, went right. to his tailor and his hairdresser, and he got his haircut by Sean Connery's hairdresser, Dude. and he got his suit tailored by Sean Connery's tailor. And he went in the room with that. Let me and was t- like, let me tell you something. Bang. If there was a famous actor that even remotely either looked like me or was shaped like me, that's yeah, the yeah. first thing I would do. Yeah, is find out where the dude gets his haircut, yeah. where he gets his clothes, <laughs> and get those and just walk into rooms doing that. That's brilliant. Yeah, if you ask me. It's yeah, and that was the first thing he thought to do. Is like because that was everything he knew. It's like a model. Right. That was all there was to it. Yeah. It's like okay, image. Let's just get that. Yeah, yeah. And it was basically he sold them on. Panny's incredibly charming. Yeah, it's just charm and image. He looked right, and he was charming, and they were like, "Whoa, this guy's obviously fun." Obviously, and, because, <laughs> and they never bothered to test him I mean, for acting. Because even, even, even like in the movies, like, what's the thing about Bond? Like, why do the women take their clothes off? Yeah, because he's that damn charming. <laughs> when you listen to the lines yeah. that he hits on the women with, you're just like, "Oh, you fucking creep! Get out of here before I call the cops!" Yeah. But you know, in the movie, it was like, oh. "But it's so far." I, I read a lot of a book. I read a lot of books, but one book specifically, it was all about. Called the wisdom of psychopaths. It's very interesting, and it talks about oh. <laughs> uh, it talks about psychopaths. I think we like talked about reality. psychopaths in the last yeah. years and, brackets, and that was and they they cite James Bond as one of the um, you know they said very often you see in movies people portray psychopaths as as whatever you think like Kevin Spacey in Seven or you right. think American Psycho. There are elements of psychopathy in there, yeah. but most movie tropes. If you want to find a true psychopath. James Bond is like the number one. Sure. And after that, it would be policeman or fireman sure. or anyone who plays a heroic character. Sure. Because basically, psychopaths, what defines them is just like they're fearless, 
to the point of they will do crazy absolute things and put create their lives and other people's lives at risk yep. for basically glory right. and looking cool yep. and if they decide at the moment that they're going to look cool from doing this crazy thing it's worth it and like Bond is the stereotypical psychopath well I mean think about it he it's kills it doesn't think about it and, well, well I mean right exactly he'll kill to sleep with a girl if, right 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 I mean if, if you think about it realistically what it's supposed to do it's cloak and dagger you have a mission in mind yeah feelings don't exist and if feelings don't exist yeah you're a psychopath well that's the bit they said like most psychopaths we paint as bad guys will sit and they'll have them these people that have tirelessly sat in their layer like planning and doing all this crazy stuff to have to take over the world and do this and they're like no that's not what a psychopath is psychopath is the guy that turns around the corner someone gets in his way shoots him in his head and he keeps walking yeah like this James Bond is the psychopath yeah absolutely because he kills and doesn't even think about it he yeah. just keeps going on his yeah, day absolutely you know he's not the guy who sits there obsessing about and, it and, and we've talked about <laughs> that's what Heath Ledger's performance of the Joker why it was so brilliant <sighs> Because not only did he not give a shit about anybody else, but he didn't give a shit about himself either. Yeah. It's like, I just need to get something done. You get a shot in the head. What? That, yeah. that, you, you, you're speaking Turkish to me. I have no idea what you're saying. Yeah. That means nothing. Yeah, yeah, And it's so fascinating when you see interviews with true psychopaths, like in prison or something. And it's so fascinating to see them, like, because yeah, they're not crazy. They're, yeah. sound, they're very charming, very intelligent. But the, the, the most common thing is when you find out, and when they talk about the people that killed them, why they killed them. Yeah. And almost every single time, when you talk about it, they, it's almost like, it's almost like you could replace the fact they killed the person with, they like, um, they, you know, they told them off or they gave them like a stern word right. in public right. in front of their kids or something. Right. That's like what it sounds like. Right. Because the way they it makes absolute sense of what they're saying, but it's just like, but you killed them? Yeah. Because it basically the, the one thing that ties into them is like, well, they've been really annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they will justify, they will say in most of these films, they'll be, like, they'll be like, yeah, I understand. I, I'm not an idiot. I understand that what, what I this did. person's dead and I killed them and that's not great. And I'm sure, you know, his family and all this and that's really sad. But what you don't understand is like, I saw that ice cream first. I didn't first. want to kill them. <laughs> right. I wasn't planning on it. Right. But like, he was. He was being a real dick. He was going to eat all my ice cream, and yeah. I had to stop him. This guy was like, yeah. he, I needed that parking spot. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. had a really business, a busy meeting, and this guy just didn't understand. Yeah. And like, I no, I, I didn't have time to talk to him. Yeah. So, I mean, I just killed him. Yeah. And look, if he wasn't there, refused to give me the parking spot, I would have killed him. That's what? his fault. That's his fault. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, that is a justification. The, yeah. It's like, what's well, his fault? I killed him. Yeah. Because he was being a dick. He was yeah. being a dick, absolutely. <laughs> that's all it is. There's no like. No. That's what the cold. The there's no, there's, there's no, no deep like, thing. Oh, yeah, I was going to slit his throat. I'm going to blood. I'm like, no, that's what it is. It's like, yeah, that's all. Yeah, it's, they're just in the way. Yeah, they're just in the way. That's it's all. Like it is. The justification someone would give for like, you know, calling someone an asshole. Right. right. Road rage. Right. Like, right. That's what they use for murdering someone. Absolutely. Like, that's what it is. Absolutely. And that's why it's dangerous to, you know, have road rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you never know. All right. So let's 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 dig into our. Uh, chart, shall we? Like I said, so the first we have the entry playoff number one. Like I said, this is 26 and 25 to see who gets to go up against number 24. And then whoever wins the second entry playoff, that person goes into the lower tier brackets. All right. Yeah. So we have License to Kill with Timothy Dalton against Casino Royale. Like I said, I seen Casino Royale a long time ago as a kid. And yeah. it was very disappointing because I was expecting... It's one of those things as a kid 
when you're expecting something serious and take something seriously, like a James Bond movie or a Superman movie, uh-huh. and then somebody does a spoof, yeah. and then you're like, what the hell is this? Because this is stupid. Yeah. They've just ruined my whole week. Because I was expecting some cool James Bond shit, and it's fucking Woody Allen. Why is he in here? You know, <laughs> it's one of those. There was a movie back then I saw, I was probably about 10 years old, 9 years old, in the former Yugoslavia, and it was called Superman. That's literally how they translated it. And what it ended up being was a dude who for some reason had super sperm. <laughs> and not super sperm as if he was just that uh, uh, fruitful and all the women wanted a sample of his sperm for some... It was just this bizarre movie. Uh-huh. And I remember, I said, oh, Superman's on TV. And I had everybody sit down. The next thing you know, there are all these women charging this guy in an elevator yeah. and he's just like passing out cups filled with like his jizz. And I was like, as a boy, like, this, this is not super... What... Where's Superman? Where's the cape? What's what's happened? I was so just like just distraught. I was traumatized because I still clearly remember the feeling, you know. Yeah. So Casino Royale to me, License to Kill in this situation is an easy choice. Yeah, I, I've I've not seen Casino Royale. Um, I saw License to Kill years ago. I don't remember it very well. But one thing I do know is I like Timothy Dong. I like him. I think he got a, he got an unfair shot with the Bonds because I like him. Um, as an actor yep um, and he was great in uh, Hot Fuzz yeah I love him in Hot Fuzz he was he's good now. yeah he's, he's he, a great actor he's yeah he's in the new DC uh, Legion of Doom oh he is yeah I believe so I like Tom he went to we went to the same drama school me and Tim Tom okay and Roger Moore oh well what? Yeah. as long as you're not name dropping or anything like that but <clears throat> but yeah he was um yeah, I always liked Timothy Dong. Uh, feel like he didn't get the best shot at it. That and script that was wasn't a, very good. That was supposed to be Pierce Brosnan. It was. That movie. Yes. But Remington Steele wouldn't let him out of the contract. Yeah. And so everyone... I remember being excited about it. Because in A View to a Kill, Moore was already so old. It was like watching my grandfather like trying to like kick somebody's ass. And even his <laughs> motions, it was just like... Oh, this is just... It's, it's sad. Yeah. If you watch it today... Now, Tanya Roberts was in it. Who's the hottie? Uh-huh. Uh, Grace Jones was in it. Christopher Walken was in it. So yeah. you're like, this is going to be a great movie. But then Roger Aurora comes out to do the action scenes. It was 1985 the movie came out. So yeah. it was probably shot in 84. That would put him at 57 years old. Yeah. And I mean, and nowadays... <laughs> That's not unusual. In the world of Liam Neeson being Liam Neeson, that's fine. Or, or even, um, what's his face? Denzel. People well, like that. Now I, I you can do it. But now, back then? Nowadays, 57-year-olds oh. work out. Yeah, 57-year-olds don't look like that. 57-year-old movie stars from the 70s, as long as their face was pretty, they didn't do shit. Yeah, yeah. They just drank and ate whatever the fuck yeah, they wanted this is to. back in the days when you died at 65. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, to keep in shape, you played tennis twice a month. You know, that was what, yeah. But anyway, so License to Kill, I, I, I would say License to Kill goes on in, in, after entry playoff number one. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Because and that's fair, and then I can go back and I'll try and watch that. I want to, I because a lot of these I haven't seen, I want to try my best to okay. look ahead at what we're well, going like to do said, next time and try and watch them. Paramount Network is showing them, for some reason, as a marathon. And I think I know what the reason is, and I didn't mention this in the beginning, which is appropriate we're doing yeah. this. The last Roger Craig Bond movie starts filming in April. Daniel Craig. 
Roger Craig. Roger Craig. <laughs> Daniel Craig. No, Roger Craig was a running back for the San Francisco 49ers oh, okay. in the 80s. So I'm sure some San Francisco 49er football fans would have been very excited to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Roger Craig is the new Bond? No, no. Daniel Craig, thank you. Um, okay, so License to Kill goes on there. So that means License to Kill faces off against A View to a Kill, which you just spoke about. Yeah. Now, good song as well, Future Kill. Future Kill was a great song. Yeah. And that was a the thing. They tried to boost those Bond movies, and The Living Daylight suffered from the same reason. Uh-huh. They tried to ride the wave of the second British invasion music wise yeah. and draw attention. Because I think, I think uh, For Your Eyes Only was in 81. I think, yes, 81. Yeah. And Sheena Easton sang that song mm-hmm. and she was so Scottish when she sang it if you listen to it it's quite entertaining because it's like for your eyes only yeah, only for you that's <laughs> so, another bracket to, to break down the, the best the music, songs yeah, that is actually that is a very good oh you know what we're starting brackets here but we didn't <clears throat> talk about the various bonds oh, okay. and what do we list them now or do we listen towards the what? well let's list them now list them now and then at the end tally the results and see who technically results wise should be the best one I, I, I mean well, I, well Niven is the bottom yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so let's Niven's start bottom. so we Poor have Niven. David Niven let's yeah. in, in terms of where their movies are right now and we can yeah. discuss this David Niven is at the bottom then it's Timothy Dalton simply from the numbers yeah then it's then it's a mixed bag because the next Lazenby surely no no, Lazenby is like number 15 on the money list. So he's in the Sweet 16 automatically. Mm. I mean, after Dalton, you have Dalton Moore, uh, movie-wise. Yeah. From lowest to highest. So it's Niven, Dalton, Moore, Dalton. So Dalton has a two. So you figure he's down on the bottom, at least from popular standpoint, yeah, yeah. right? Moore, Connery, Moore, Brosnan, Moore, Brosnan, Lazenby. Huh. So Lazenby had one shot. Wow. And he made over a half a billion dollars. Ah. But I can't help but think that part of that is one, he was a very good Bond. Yeah. He was very handsome, very charming, the whole nine yards. The story was very good. That because was it was basically. Married. Yes, the Reed. only one, yes. Yeah, yeah. It was the only one. So it was like, oh, this is why he's a dick and keeps crushing every girl's heart. Yeah, yeah. Because he's, his heart's been destroyed. Yeah. And that actually explains to me, like, why the money was so high. So, but at the same and time, probably, you, you can't Donna just, Rigg is probably the best quality actress of the 60s and 70s. What well, I was going to say, Bond girl. I love Donna Rigg. Donna Rigg is a great actress. I, mean, I think she's yeah, um, really good. Recently yes, you're right. Game of Thrones. Very recently, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what other actress back then did they give. Well, what's her face from Goldfinger? Who played um, Pussy Galore? She was a good actress too. Uh, and what I liked about that back then, she was like just a very feminist. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't really until and then you showed a movie last night. It wasn't really until uh, Tomorrow Never Dies with Brosnan uh-huh. that you really had a Bond girl that was like, wait a minute, okay, now we're equals, and that was with Michelle Kwan. Oh, of course. But there were two in that. Michelle Kwan. Terry Hatcher, she wasn't, she wasn't, she she wasn't, yeah, she was just there because she was Terry Hatcher. I mean, I suppose Barbara Bach was supposed to be 
the other woman, uh-huh. and she, the direction wasn't good enough. I think they could have explored that more, because she, I, I liked her character and what she did, and like she was also a spy. <laughs> the fact that they named her Agent Triple X was kind of like, <laughs> really, guys, <laughs> you couldn't have done something better than Triple X, you know? But so okay, so then. So who do we put? Do we put Lazenby? Uh, you know what? I think we have to put Lazenby at the bottom simply because of yeah. the infrequency of appearances. Yeah, one film. And, I, and I, so much of that was not that film, I don't think. The success. I think it was off the back. It was the... Because it had been built up so much with uh, Connery and then... And more. And then by the time he came around, it was like, oh, what's this going to be like? Right. Like, people came to see the... Because like, oh, wow. I don't think it was his performance as much no, as no, 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 like right, 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 right. Before him. So, all right. So George Lazenby. I would say Moore is next. Yeah. Roger Moore. Simply because... He did too many as well. He did too many films. He really... You know what it was? Living Like That was actually great. I thought it was wonderful. And it was actually one of the serious ones. Yeah. Where they tried to keep it kind of like a serious story. After that, it all became camp. Oh, I kind of like it in a way. I mean, it's Austin Powers. Everything Austin Powers is... Is Roger Moore. Absolutely. It's those movies. Absolutely. For some reason, the film I saw more than any other film... With the exception of maybe Tomorrow Never Dies, because I got that on DVD when DVDs first came out, and I right. watched it over and over and over again, uh, was Octopussy, for some reason. For some reason I watched Octopussy a lot when I was a kid. He looked so old in Octopussy also. <laughs> it is such a terrible... It ages so badly. It's so film. terribly. That's my favourite line in any Bond film comes from Octopussy. Uh, the most racist line that at least I can think of. Was it? Which is where he's in India, and he um, he's... He's in like this big grand hotel, right? And um, he he's in a hotel room or something. I don't think it's his hotel room. It doesn't really matter. But he's in a hotel room, and someone comes in, some like big burly dude with like a turban. You know, they have oh a yeah, the bad match. guy. And they're like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. And they like wrestles him. He throws him a window or does something. He he wins, but the guy has this briefcase and it has something and it has lots of money in or gold or something valuable, right? And like takes a briefcase and he's like. Oh, okay then. And he like walks out the hotel, and as he's walking out, there's like a bellboy on the door who's just got like a turban, and he he's like tries to help with the bag. He's like, "Can I take that for you?" And he was like, "Actually, yes." And he he says, and he gives him the bag, and then um, and then he says something like, "Oh, where do you want me to to, to put it?" And he's like, "You'll keep it." And, and then he goes to turn, and he turns back to him and goes, "I bet you could buy a lot of curry with that," <laughs> and then just walks off. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> and I'd see this from a lot, and it was, I saw it a couple of years ago. And I, saw it and I was like, yeah. "Wait a no, second! No, 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 whoa, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. no! All of these movies are <laughs> I so you buy a lot of curry with that. <laughs> Jesus, it's bad on so many levels. Christ Almighty! I'm like, I'm like what? And that guy, he would have been so confused. He'd been like, "What? Why would you say that? Why would? <laughs> what? What, what, are you t- what are you talking about?" <laughs> and, and that's entirely written for the British audience at the time who would have been sitting home going like ah! <laughs> right he's right. in India hey, well, I bet he could buy that car with that so stupid it's so bad <laughs> oh yeah they, they don't age well oh yeah the movies just don't age well so I, I mean, we might have a disagreement here I would put Connery second okay I actually think Craig is the best second oh, what about Pierce Brosnan you missed that oh that's right no no yeah, so Pierce Brosnan yes I'll put Pierce Brosnan for sure. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan was to me was the bridge. I actually, I personally prefer Brosnan to Daniel Craig. 
Really? Yeah, and, and that's not based on actors. I mean, Daniel Craig's the best actor that's played Bond. Um, but I don't think he's the best Bond. Like, I think he's good. I think his films are very good. I think he's very lucky. I think if you'd have had Brosnan in his films, it would have almost been better. Like, I... I, I like Brosnan and I think he had a real Bondy charm and again it's biased because I grew you're up right. with Brosnan yeah, so he right. was my James Bond you're right I mean Brosnan I mean, I was you're born. absolutely right here's, here's the thing here's where I think the mistake was with Brosnan he was the bridge that they tried to use between Moore and bringing it more into the realism the gritty of you know quote unquote spy world or what people think the spy world is right yeah. So he had those moments where he was like serious intensity and just anger and, and, and heartbreak and all this stuff. But then they still keep on giving him the cheesy ass lines. Yeah. The cheesy one liners. Uh, like, like I said, Tomorrow Never Dies was on TV last night. He says, oh, I thought we made a real connection together. And he's handcuffed to Michelle Kwan. And kudos to whoever directed that. Because every time he'd do a shit line like that to Michelle Kwan, she'd look at it and she'd be like, all right, dude, don't get any ideas. Just fuck off. You know, you're, you're really boring me now kind of stuff. So, well, they start to drive like BMWs in those movies. I never understood that. Well, that Why was is he driving BMWs. That, that was the huge. Well, that was the huge uproar. Yeah. That was the huge uproar, particularly from you the sometimes UK. drive for the the Bond. The, the Z4, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was the Z3 in the first oh, okay, one, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but that was a huge uproar, and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, what? It was, and I remember in the UK, it was like, well. Why is it? Why is Bond driving a Jerry car? That's not. <laughs> that's not how it's supposed yeah. to be done. Yeah. The Jerrys shouldn't be getting this. Yeah. Why would we ever drive a Jerry car? <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. totally like I remember just like this huge, and I was like, I mean, I got it because I grew up in Europe. Yeah. And but I know a lot of like my American friends are like, what's the big deal? It's a fucking BMW. I'm like, whoa, whoa, guy. <laughs> there was two wars fought. And the UK was on the good side both yeah. times. And then they take their iconic fictional character, James Fox. You might as well have said that, like, you know, uh, 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 William Shakespeare was a spy for Charles V, you know, the yeah. Holy Roman Emperor, because that's basically what you're saying here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember when that came out and he, everything was BMW. And that was, that's what I was laughing at. He got the um, remote BMW for Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. And they're somewhere in a market in s Vietnam. And they're looking to get away, and they jump on a brand new motor, a BMW like cruiser, like yeah. a Harley. And I'm like, really? In the middle of some little like dinky market in Vietnam, there's a motorcycle <laughs> that like costs about the same price as a Harley Davidson, which means like a small car. Yeah. You know, you're dropping at least twenty five grand on this freaking thing, and someone just happened to have it there, like on the street in Vietnam. Brand new. <laughs> brand new. Yeah, yeah. Brand new. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that, I remember that was a big controversy with Brosnan. But I thought, he, but I think you're right. I think if Brosnan had the training, okay. I really liked his relationship. I think he had the best relationship with uh, Q. I liked his as that guy. I forget his name. That uh, Desmond Llewellyn. That, yeah, Desmond Llewellyn and Pierce Brosnan. I really liked their relationship. Their chemistry is, and I, I remember seeing interviews. Desmond Llewellyn was very fond of Pierce Brosnan, and it shows and on screen. Shows. It's the only time in history I can think of being slightly disappointed to see John Cleese turn up. I love John Cleese, but yes. the second they replaced him, I was like, oh, it's not as But they, they even groomed him from the get-go, because Desmond Llewellyn was like in the last movie that he was in before he died, yeah. and was saying this was going to be the new replacement, was going to be John Cleese. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's the other thing to talk about the Bond movies. 
is the continuation and the odd ones where they pick and they bring the various actors. They were very happy bringing back actors from completely different movies yeah. back because Felix Leiter in Live and Let Die with Roger Moore yeah. is the same actor as Felix Leiter in License to Kill with Timothy Dalton. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute. Bond is like 30 years younger, yeah. but Felix Leiter's in his 60s. What are you doing? How is Felix Leiter all of a sudden, you know, looks like an old man? It, 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 it always weirded me out that they were doing that. The, I mean, it's Judy Dench is the, is the, she longest, was the M for longest running character in any of the Bond movies. Is she really? She has to be. She was in all of the Brosnans, and then she was in... Well, she was in all of the Craigs that have been made so far. Well, she was an inspector. Oh, she wasn't? No, because like she dies of, in Skyfall. But there weren't some flashbacks or something? I feel like she was... Maybe not. No, 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 no. She no. wasn't, okay. She was an inspector. She, was, she dies in Skyfall. She's in Casino Royale, Quantum Solace, Skyfall. So that's three. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, World's Not Enough, Golden Eye. So that's six. Right. Six movies. Let's see. It's uh, Skyfall, um, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, right? And then Die Another Day, Golden Eye, The World Is Not Enough, Tomorrow Never Dies. So seven, right? Seven. Pierce Brosnan, one, two, three, four. Oh, yeah, I missed Die Another Day. Seven, yeah. He was in four, and Craig, one, two, three. But even three, though she wasn't in... Seven. I mean, I, 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 we can't count it, but even though she wasn't in Spectre... So much of that film was connected to connected her. Connected to her, and it was her. It wasn't just M. Right, it, it was, was her, her specifically. M. Yes, I can't think of anyone else that's had that mark on it. Not even the Bonds have had that mark, where you can talk about someone from a previous like character, no. and you're specifically thinking it's them, even though they're not in it anymore. Like, I would she think was the, so synonymous with that I, character. I would think the only one that would be longer was Desmond Llewellyn. Was it? Yeah. When did he start? That's that's a good question. I'd, I'd be curious to know. Yeah. Because I think he was in one of the Conneries. Wow. I didn't realize he went back that far. I think so. Okay. Or he might have made his first appearance in Roger Moore. I but that would put him at like... Yeah. With Brosnan, that would put him at like 10 yeah. Bond movies. Because if he, if he started with Roger Moore, he was like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6... Seven, eight, nine, ten yeah. Bond movies. I think you can make the argument, though, even if she's not in the most. I feel like you can make the argument that Judi Dench is maybe like she, the best. She was the best actor by far. By in far. those movies, by far, she's so good in that. You don't even question that as a but, woman is running a show. But, but that's, way before the like the, the feminist. Like, yeah, for for sure, because she has that much gravitas. And she's definitely the best actor that's been in the films. Like she's I without a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, all the way from Goldeneye. To, to without stifle. a doubt she's you know without a doubt I mean she she has so much gravitas that you're right she's it, a little woman like you know yes. she's a small quiet woman but she commands so much every time she's on the screen you know James Bond is the coolest most powerful man in the world but every time she, he's in the room with her she's got my, all the power my favorite line of M that she ever does and it's actually uh, it was funny because there was a really good line I forget the actress' name. She was with him forever in um, the way we were. Is it the way we were? The, oh, the... Gregory Palmer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Gregory Palmer, Je yeah. who's brilliant. Yeah, I yeah. love him as an actor too. And he played the admiral. Yeah, in a couple of the Bond mo movies. Go on the other one. And yeah. and she, uh, he says to her in Tomorrow Never Dies. He says, um, sometimes 
Pardon me, Ember, sometimes I don't think you have the balls for this job. And she's, well, at least I'm not always thinking with him, am I? <laughs> and she kind of goes, she pulls like her freaking Dr. Yeah. Evil on him and looks at him. And the minister's like, that's enough. And I don't know who the actor was that played the minister in Tomorrow Never Dies. But they could not have found a more stereotypical, pinched nose, yeah. asshole so tight British archetype. He was just like, that's enough. Why are we standing right now? It's tomorrow that does the, yeah, it's the one that has Jonathan Price in it as the bad guy. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Who's a great... We, we, actually, Tomorrow Never Dies is a very timely bond yeah. to, in today's... Yes. In today's sociopolitical. Yeah. Very, very timely. Like, yeah. spooky kind of timely. I was watching it last night. I was like, I forgot what the themes were here. This is really bang yeah. on the money. Yeah. It really, really was. And then it kind of went backwards in time because then it got a little silly. Uh, Robert Carlyle and the next one blowing up the Millennium Dome and was training. It was kind of a bit weird. Which, it, well, well, which one was that? The, the straight art. Um, after that, there was not enough. Yeah, the Robert Carlyle was playing like this guy and he, there was like... And what's her face? Sequence. What's her face? The French... That was a good one. I like that one. Except they got what's her face and made it campy. Denise Richards. Oh, Denise Richards. It, I like Denise Richards. Though. I like Denise Richards, yeah. but it was just like it was the typical. Hi, I'm Holly Goodhead. Really, uh, uh, I'm bouncy yeah. boob boobs. I, I, Die I, another day. I hated. I did not like. I mean, when it came out, I enjoyed it because I was like, which one was 15. Die Another Day? That was uh, with that was the terrible one that had Madonna in a uh, cameo. That was, was career. That was a good one. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. I enjoyed the diamonds one. in his face and. His, I enjoy. I kind of enjoy that, but you're right. The fact that they, and we've talked about this on 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 different episodes. I hate when they take a pop star, and they try to shoehorn them into fucking movies. It's she like, won the worst songs. That was a, I hate that song. It was Wish terrible. I could die another day. It was. It was like, oh, she was God. terrible in it. Yeah. She was so. It was. She was cartoonish. Yeah, is yeah. what she was. Yeah. She was terrible. Her 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 performance was completely one dimensional. I thought she was terrible. Um, it was, uh, what's her face was in that? Gone Girl. Oh, um, Rosamund Pike? Rosamund Pike! Oh. That was like her, I think her first big break. She was one oh, of the quote unquote, you, that's why I liked it. She was really good because she was the, she was the leak. And much yeah. like with, um, with, 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 with Casino Royale, they were like, yeah. we had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not even Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, when they're taking the bad guy that they caught, that he yeah. caught, Mr. Black, or whatever his name was, at the end of yeah, yeah. Casino Royale, and they interrogate him, and one of the agents turns and pops two into the people, and M goes running, and uh, what's his face, Bond goes chasing after him. It was a similar thing, and they were like, we, we dropped the ball on that one because she went to Harvard uh -huh. with the Korean guy that changed himself into a white dude with all the diamonds and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of like, that was the one with Halle Berry. Uh, yeah. And I mean, to me, I mean, woman, that was shot her coming out, that was Woman walking out of the water in a bikini. There are very few more better scenes in the world ever than Halle Berry walking out of the beach. I mean, she one. really was. I mean, there was that period where she was the most beautiful woman in the world. She really was. Like, I remember that. Oh, spit it out, you bastard. Wow. I got a fruit fly in my beer. God damn it. Oh, that's, that's a bonus. A bit of protein? It is. But I don't want to get a tapeworm either. Ah, <laughs> oh, you bastard. All right. I'm going to have to get another beer now. God damn it. I don't know when that sucker went in there. 
Maybe it came out of you. Maybe it might have come out of my nose. Who knows? See, folks, this is what happens backstage. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, that's the beautiful thing about the whole Bond yeah. universe. One, it spans like almost 60 years now, mm. right? 50, the first one was in 62. It's 2019. They're making the last Craig one. Yeah. I almost wish, and I actually said this to somebody the other day, because, you know, our friend Amy, uh -huh. a, a friend of the show, you guys probably remember her from episode 10. Her husband's a huge Bond guy, and she's a Bond fan too. Yeah. And Nick Leshy, I don't know if you ever she's met great, him. great, because he can make a great Bond villain. He would make a... Because he's got like, you perfect know, Bond he's, he's stylish, he's got money, and he's got, a, he's got an accent he can't place. Right. Perfect Bond Patrick, villain material. Yes, Patrick, if you're listening to this, you are the perfect Bond villain, Suspicious literally. Suspicious banker, works in a city, yeah. don't know where from. Yeah, has a hot wife, you know, nobody <laughs> knows where this is coming from. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, I don't know if you know Nick Leshy, he wrote um, a blog, and, and Amy posted it. Apparently what Nick wrote, he's one of the actors at the Red Monkey Theatre. He, he has a he's a big movie buff uh -huh. and he, he has a blog that he's been writing for years yeah and he wrote oh, I forget what the and I saw the uh, talk the other day on Facebook he was the first one to bring up oh yes he was the first one to bring up that 007 is not the name and James Bond is not the name of the agent but a designation for the top agent in the MI6 ah Okay. He put forth that theory, uh -huh. and that's why the Bonds are different. And everybody kind of picked up on that idea and loved it. Yeah. Like on all the Bond forums, they're all like, yeah, that's, that's brilliant. And I'm like, you know what? <clears throat> that would make sense, because why would it be just one guy? Because chances are, you know, unlike our movie counterparts who last through seven missions, this guy's going to last through three. Because yeah. these are missions where you go in to die. Yeah. You, you, don't, you, you go in to stop the bad guy and die. There's no happy ending for you here, yeah. literally, unless you're Robert Kraft. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I'd like to have seen a sort of spin-off, like, alternate, in the same way Marvel do, or comics, like, you know, the what-if thing, like an alternate spin-off where, for my money, one of the best villains, or one of the best angles, Goldeneye, Sean Bean playing 006, mm. Alex Trevelyan, like, a world where he was, like, the 007 for a movie. Yeah. Like, the bad bond but like the real bad bond like jaded bond well that's what I, well that's what i was saying i was saying it would be great if they made the bonds kind of like the what ifs mm. all of the dc but because you could because oh that's that's where the discussion came up it was like who's going to be the next bond yeah and he was saying i'd love to see idris elba i was like yeah i'd love to see idris elba too but idris elba is like my age yeah, yeah. he's like 46 or something yeah, like yeah. that he's in great shape that's great but how many movies you're going to ask this guy to do yeah. one, two, and I always laugh about it when they would bring up the Idris Elba angle. I'm like, he can only do missions in Africa and the US and maybe South America. Well, that's the realest thing. If you were to have someone, a modern day someone who was like the star of all your big missions and was getting into the heart of like the serious terrorists and everything, chances are that guy is Middle Eastern looking. Right. Like he's going to be more yeah, like absolutely. that. You, because he's his, in Iraq, he's in Afghanistan, he's in Syria, he's in, you know. What's his face uh, 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 um, from the Extreme Marigold Hotel, Slumdog Millionaire? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. he should be bugged. Yeah. He's young enough to do it, work him up, bulk him up. Yeah. He could penetrate. I think more like Riz Ahmed, he's a better actor. I like Riz Ahmed. Oh, is he from right. uh, he's Rogue One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Great. Okay, him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's a better actor. You're right. But I, what I was saying is, like, take it kind of like the DC, like the what-ifs, 
and have the title James Bond, you could go all the way back to freaking Richard III with the stories. You know, you could have, like in Elizabethan times, a chick, and she's James Bond. And of course, back then, they're like, I'm expecting James Bond. I'm it, bitch. And just like stab a dude in the throat, you know, it's like, you know, that kind of stuff. They could do, they could, because I was saying like, Idris Elba would be fantastic for like a movie or two. But if you did this and then just open up the universe, like you said, all of these stories that you could do now, you could place them in every historical perspective yeah. you wanted. Black, white, Indian, Asian. You know, because, I mean, the British Empire And everyone's crying out for a female bone. That's something people say a lot. And with the Doctor Who now being female, like that's something that certainly they'll get around to. I don't know if they would bet the whole franchise on it, but that's a great way to I do it. I think a female bond would work if they did, like, the other thing. I, I saw an interview with, uh, what's her face, who played Vesper Lynn in, in the Craig. Oh, Eva Green? Eva Green. Yeah. And they asked her, and she says, no, I don't think Bond should be female. Yeah. Bond is a male character through and through. Yeah. And I think if you're going to do 20th and 21st century, I suppose maybe, like, maybe set it in the future a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's a shame because someone like Rosamund Pike would be a great choice for she that would. character. She would. Could, like Gone Girl shows you, she can be cold. She can, uh, you know. uh, um, there's also the girl who was in Quantum of Solace, and she ended up with all the oil in her. Uh, she was in um, Jim Ralston. Yes, 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 yes. She was in that silly Hansel and Gretel movie yeah, with Jim Ralston. Yeah, yeah. I like her. Two years ahead of me at drama school. Same school. Man, you just keep on name dropping here. So, um, yeah, I, still a lot of discussion on who could be, who is going to be next Bond after Jennifer Craig. And you know changing. what? I mean, just for like mental exercise sake. Yeah. You could do James Bond and cross over literally with anything and everything. You could put James Bond in a Marvel universe. Uh-huh. You could put James Bond in Star Trek. Yeah, literally, like in the future, because they've already done the whole uh, uh, with the with the con one, uh-huh. with the underhanded like even. What What would be really interesting is if they did a whole James Bond and it was more like the classic Bond, more like 60s, 70s, you know, tuxedos, casinos, classy, right? And the half the film is that, and you think, oh, they're just going super retro. And halfway through, you realize it's like a holodeck a spaceship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's on the Monte Carlo SS Monte the, the Carlo. SS Monte Carlo. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Suddenly the aliens come and they're like, blah, blah, blah. it's true. Yeah. I mean, they could they could really go anywhere with it. Yeah, they really could. I think it would be. I, I think it would be fantastic. Yeah, and there's a lot of you know. There's it's. it's it, I mean, you got to think. It's probably. It's a, the strongest franchise of anything I can think of. That I mean, time-wise, for sure. For sure. For my sake, they've really dropped the ball on Indiana Jones. Yes. I, I think it will get there, but considering how good those films are and how good the character is, and and you look at the expanded universe and the stories and the books and like, you know, it, 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 it's almost exactly the same character in many ways. But and it's the only two things I can think of where it's like it's a person who. Um, can exist as the characters the same and you can have a different woman in everything and no one questions it yeah different adventures different women same main guy and he's the only continuous thing that's the same like it's very similar but they just kind of mess it up a little bit but that yeah you know James well, but I mean one of the things you don't realise is what a factory the James Bond producers were the Broccoli and the Saltzman yeah I'm going to list you the years that it came out under Connery 
and you will understand why he hated this freaking character in these movies. Yeah. 1962, 1963, 1964, 1965, 1971. Oh, God, yeah. Jesus. He did nothing but bond for a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Because there's no time in between. It yeah. literally came out every year. 62, 63, 64, 65, 67, there was like a two-year gap, 69, two-year... No. 69, I'm sorry. 69 was last in me. Yeah. Yeah. They got him in 71, so he had a four-year gap there. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, whoa! Yeah, I get it. I mean, you look at Craig... Craig's got like four years between, well, Casino Royale and Salas is two years, and then it's, um, Skyfall is four years, and Spectre is three years. But both, I mean, you know, and they, all of them really, like, what, they don't do anything else. I mean, Pierce Brosnan was in a couple of things. He's like the Thomas Crown Affair. And yep, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Not much. I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire probably fun. No, that's okay. Is it like a Bond podcast or something? Or we, a podcast. A podcast, not okay. specifically about Bond. Okay. But we are, we're doing, we're doing the brackets for what the best Bond movie is. That's <laughs> so fun. What podcast are we doing? We are called What's Going On Here. Cool. And what we generally do is we watch the middle 20 minutes of a movie or TV show. Uh-huh. And we try to pick foreign language. And sometimes if it's English, we change the dubbing over so that it is a foreign language. And then we try to figure out what's going on. That is so cool. While we're drinking and testing beers. That's amazing. And so that by the end of it, we're kind of sloppy. And then we grade (laughs) the beer and we try to figure out what's going on. And interesting theories come out in the end. Are you guys on Spotify? Yeah, iTunes. um, We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. uh, Stitcher. Tune in. That's amazing. Yeah. So cool. Great. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> oh, that's a first. It is. It's <laughs> the first podcast. Managed to plug the podcast during the, the end, recording of the podcast. <laughs> wow. I don't know <laughs> if I'm necessarily going to keep that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, okay. So let's close this episode out with the playoff then. The last entry playoff before we get to the lower tier brackets. Yeah. A view to a kill versus a license to kill. Now. To refresh the memory, License to Kill actually had a bunch of big names in it. Uh-huh. The main villain was Robert Dobby. And I don't know if you know the, the yeah. actor, but he was one of the Fratelli brothers in um, The Goonies. Oh, okay. He used to be on Saturday Night Live for like a season or two. Okay. And yeah. he's a great character actor. He was one of the FBI agents in, in Die Hard. He's the one that's like, like Viet fucking Nam! And the other guys are like, I was in junior high school, asshole. You know, and they're flying in the chopper, Robert Dobby, and he played a Spanish, a Colombian drug dealer. Okay. Benicio del Toro, a young, very handsome Benicio del Toro. Talissa Soto, gorgeous. Uh Um, Oh, I can't remember her name, but I think she might have been married to Richard Gere for a bit. Yeah. Wayne Newton. Okay. Wayne Newton played like the religious head of a cult. Yep. So that's what that movie was. That, that was, movie was also the highest rated movie uh, in uh, like certification ratings. I don't know if it was in America, but in England, uh, License to Kill was the only R R rated James Bond. It's 18 in England. It's 18 really? Yeah. I don't know what it was in the U.S. Yeah, it's the only one. Uh, I think it might have been 15, but it, it, I don't think it was 18. 
Um, it's basically they brought the same Felix Leiter, who was Felix Leiter in in um, Live and Let Die. Yeah. And he was getting married, and the Colombian drug dealers came after Felix Leiter, and they uh, killed his wife. Yeah. They literally just got married, uh-huh. and fed Felix to a shark. And when Bond found him, he was half eaten. Like, his legs were gone. 15. Not an 18, sorry. 15. Okay. It's the only 15 rated Bond. And that was the whole thing. Bond went off the reservation. They were like, you're done. And he was like, just... It was basically... It was Dalton's Quantum of Solace. Literally. Because it was a revenge movie. Yeah. It wasn't a Bond movie. Yeah. And everyone talks about being dark. That was like, it was like the darkest one at the time. Yeah. Dalton was the darkest Bond. Which makes sense. Um, I... Well, I mean, I guess we're going to get to it in a lower tier. I truly enjoyed Living Daylights. I was very excited for him as a Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I thought Living Daylights was a perfect Bond movie. It had, like, all of it. It had, like, a little bit of cheese, good action. It started getting more gritty and a little bit more realistic with what would happen and how it would happen kind of stuff. So, but we have A License to Kill, like I said, that one with Benicio de Toro, versus A View to a Kill with 58-year-old Roger Moore. Yeah. Now... Grace Jones was in it. Del Lundgren was in it. Christopher Al Walken, our favorite. Yeah. Right? Now, favorite. Yeah. <laughs> when you watch a view to a kill, especially if you remember the scene where they're having the car chase with the um, <laughs> with the fire truck through the streets of France, San Francisco, and it's so badly green screened that when you watch it today, it's painful to watch. It's like. Oh man, this is just like it looks like almost like a cable, like public access cable channel production of something. It's yeah, that's yeah. how bad the green screen is. <laughs> I would take. See, this this one's a tough one for me, even though they both like made the the least money. Yeah. How do you say no to Grace Jones, and Christopher Walken? And it has the best song. It has the best song. It does. Top five right. we songs. We, we, Easy. Uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put that as part of it. Like, which we're gonna have to pick best Bond. Yeah. Which we never finished listing. So we put Brosnan, Connery, and Craig. So you you want you like Brosnan above Craig, right? Yeah. But I understand most people prefer Danny Craig. Oh, well, well here, here's my. Uh, I'll give you my point in a second, and then. Connery, you'd think, is the best. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, he's the... He's the OG. Okay. I, and I get that. And, and, I appreciate, and I appreciate it. And like you said, in the beginning... Even when Brosnan came out, I would have put Connery above him. Yeah. The only reason why I put Craig above him... Uh-huh. He was almost like... He was Sass. Uh-huh. Right? The, the, Sass would be the British equivalent of the Navy SEALs. Yeah. He's like a Navy SEAL version of what James Bond is. Because even when he walks out of the beach, the beach, <laughs> he walks out of the beach, um, he looks like he works out. Yeah, yeah. He looks like he could do those things. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. looks like he could throw a punch. You know, when he flexes his arm, there's a muscle there. It's not just flesh. Yeah, but his Daniel Craig's body in those films is the 21st century man body. That is not a 1960s like SAS body no People but you know that. neither is Bond neither is uh, Connery no well, that's what I was saying before at Christopher Lee Christopher Lee Christopher Lee was in the Secret Service during World War 2 okay he was uh, he was a spy 
and he spoke like four or five languages. Right. And was he was like yeah he was a communicator that's been killed a whole bunch of people in the war like he was yeah sure he was friends with Fleming that's why I got confused he knew Fleming or like he knew him through something but he was uh, he was one of those guys that was like very much he basically was kind of like James Bond right in real life which you would not think you think Chris Lee you don't think James Bond no but, like, yeah right makes sense I'm like you know so tall mad boys like, yeah, I'm always, not yeah. fucking around with that yeah. guy but um I don't know that. I just think if you put in a bar, like you put in a bar, and there's a bar fight or there's a brawl. I'm like, Sean Connery. I'm and taking Danny Connery. Craig. Connery's gonna kill that. I'm, I'm taking Connery yeah, for who's sure. Who's that fucking well, 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 fucking actor pussy over well, here? Well, Come well, here, you fucking well, national theater bastard. First, beat that shit. First of all, <laughs> let me show you. Look like a gay dolphin walking out of the water. What are you, five foot nine? You fucking <laughs> twat. Five foot nine, you little English twat. You're a blonde prick. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the one that I cracked me up because I was like, a blonde, oh, blonde? Look, look at his wax chest. His fucking wax chest. No, when everyone was, when chest. everyone was going nuts like, about him being blonde, I'm like, did you guys forget about Roger Moore? Yeah. The dude is blonde. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? I, like I said, I think, especially, you know what it was? The intro to Daniel Craig was so good. Like the whole thing, like he couldn't get his license until he had yeah. two or two confirmed kills. But the, this is the movie. I would argue it's the movies, like the, the it scripts. Is. You're right. You're you're you're, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. And I think much better directors. By the time they got to Danny Craig, they were getting real directors to make them. Like true. name me the directors of any of the no, movies. No, right. Danny no, Craig. no, no one of yeah. any. No, because it was whoever. Broccoli and Salzman picked. That was yeah. going to direct. Like, just, just tell you what's in the pocket of the studio. Yeah, just do what I tell you to do and shut up, kind of stuff. You're right. You know, I mean, you've changed my mind. So yeah, I would, I will still hold Connery over Craig. You're right because it is the movies. Because the one thing that bothered, bothered me about Daniel Craig in all the movies was he was like a petulant teenager. Yes. In a lot of his reactions. Yes. It's like, dude, you trained. Obviously, very hard yeah. to be this guy. I can't believe you're upset at your boss when she said, "Take the fucking shot," and you got shot. Yeah. yeah. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Like honestly. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Sean Connery would have bounced back up and be like, "You're a fucking cop out of shot. <laughs> this is a shot. <laughs> this I, is a shot. Boom! <laughs> right, bang, bang, bang." <laughs> Sean Connery's like, "I pitched bigger than this caliber." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I like about it because it's just like. If you hear Daddy Craig talking in real life, like he's kind of posh, he's nice, he's an actor, he's a nice guy, he takes himself <laughs> Ooh, kind of seriously. Sean Connery is unashamedly like just a prick. Sean, a prick. But so was Roger Moore though. Like Roger Moore was basically a very different, a prick as well. very different prick, very yeah. British prick. Very like, British. Like, only Connery can get away with truly playing you, an Englishman without even trying. To have do you an have you accent. ever seen uh, Roger Moore as a guest on uh, as a cat? Well, no, he was actually a side character on Boat Trip. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yes. I thought he was brilliant in that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone thinks that movie's like garbage. That by accident, like when Adam Sandler was at the height of his fame, I bought that in like a DVD bin in some store, some like Seven Eleven. Right. And I was like, oh, this looks good. And it was like, I assumed it was a new Adam Sandler film, but it was obviously it was like they'd re-released it, like put it on DVD after the success of, you know, a Wedding Singer or something. And I was like, oh, okay. Was he even in it? Yeah. In Boat Trip? Yeah, yeah. The main actors were Cuba Gooding Jr. and Horatio Sands. Well, well, maybe that's why. No, Adam Sandler was at least well, when they re-released it. He was what they were making the money off. What? Yeah. I don't even remember him in that movie. I remember Will Ferrell. 
an Artie Lang of all people. No, he was. Um, okay, fired up. Let's see. Let's see. The version I have is literally um, Maybe not, am I confusing this or something else? I think you might be confusing Boat Trip with something else. Oh, oh no, I definitely am. Oh, that's 2002? Yeah, Boat Trip was a long time ago. No, this was even earlier than that. Okay. Thinking. What was I confusing it with? I have no idea. I've seen Boat Trip as well though, that's why I've got, I've, I've got confused. There's some other movie that's a lot like Boat Trip, set on a boat. It's Adam Sandler. Is it something with like Drew Barrymore? No, it was before he got big. That was the thing. And then they like re-release it, or like put it out on DVD, because they were like, hey. Adam with Sandler. Roger Moore? I thought Roger Moore, but I'm just obviously getting confused because of the other, um, going overboard. Played a character called <laughs> Schlecky Moschkowitz. <laughs> 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 that's what getting that is the DVD that's the no, never 1989 that. I never even heard of that going overboard yeah that explains the whole movie right there yeah no no that's Very, definitely it, it and I can guarantee you Roger Moore is not in that <laughs> but but Young is in it but Young is in that oh my goodness Adam Rifkin yeah Burt Young. That is funny. Billy no. Zane. Billy Zane plays King Neptune. Oh my god, Billy Literally Zane. Literally with like a mermaid tail and everything. That's, and like a... that's when Billy Zane first started coming out. He, his first, the first thing I saw him in, he played a psycho in, it was with, Nic and it was Nicole Kidman's first, like, launcher. Oh, with and Sam, Sam Neill. Neil. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, what was it, the boat one? There's another boat yes, one. Yes, it was the boat one. And, and we were There's watching it on video. Movies, Billy Sand, isn't he? He's in every There's boat movie you can of think boat of. Movies. The but, biggest money-making boat movies you'll find Billy Zane in. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> and there was a scene where Nicole Kidman's kid comes flying out the back seat through the windshield, and yeah. that's why she's all depressed. We put that on rewind, and we're killing ourselves laughing. <laughs> we're such little teenage pricks. We just yeah. and one of our friends was there, Mary. And she's like, "Stop it! You guys are awful!" And we're just killing ourselves laughing, rewinding and playing this kid just going through this windshield like a <laughs> freaking cannonball. Anyway, all right. So, license to kill, view to a kill. Billy Zem's episode, a side part. He was one of the examples of someone who was an actor playing like a comic book. Uh, character at a time where it was like career suicide to do so. He was fantastic he was, in it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it. Was, I th I thought that movie was great. People shit all over that I movie, know, The I Phantom. Know that film, yeah. Especially considering how he bulked up. He was oh. a freaking truck. Yeah. I was like, fuck, Billy Zane is yeah. a killer. It did nothing for him. Nothing for him. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. You know what it is? The problem is they picked a comic book character that was very in the U.S. market particularly, yeah. obscure. Yeah, yeah. And you know if the Phantom was huge, yeah. in the former Yugoslavia at least, like those, like, it was like Spider-Man in a newspaper here. Yeah. There was like a thing every week, every weekend, there was like a new comic strip with the Phantom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phantom and uh, Mandrake the Magician. Uh -huh. Those were like the two adventure ones. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. For, for him, career-wise, it did nothing. Yeah. Anyway, all right. View to a kill, license to kill. Which kill do we pick? Speaking of Scots. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, like I said, I, I've definitely seen License to Kill a long time ago. Uh, View to Kill, I don't think I've ever seen. So Really? Oh. No, I don't think I have. But, I mean, just based on everything you've said, like... It's, it's hard for me to choose, actually. View to a Kill, Christopher Walken, great yeah, villain. I, mean, I love Walken. Great villain. 
this is tough. Like I said, like, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna. Even though I thought, even though I thought license to kill. I don't even think License to Kill was necessarily a better movie. A View to a Kill was just such a sad ending for Moore. Uh-huh. He shouldn't have signed up to do A View to a Kill. He was yeah, too yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. He was too old in, in what was the one in 83? Um, oh, um, never, no. Um, need, uh, 81, For Your Eyes Only. In, in yeah. For Your Eyes Only, he was already too old. Let me see. Hold yeah. on. He was like 50 then. Octopus, no, Octopussy. Yeah, and yeah. Octopussy was already too old. Yeah, yeah. And that came out two years before A View to a Kill. Yeah. Because you can even see the better way he moves. It was just like... Yeah, he's like... He's chopping people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's totally Batman karate chop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> he's like blocking them and they're tripping over their own legs <laughs> at that point. Dude, now that's a great project. That's a great editing project. It's Go like Adam those, West Batman moves. Yes. <laughs> Go through the old one, old Bond movies with Roger Moore. Actually, Adam West is almost like you could argue Adam West is like an American, an American Bond. Bond. Absolutely, he would have made a really great Bond. He would have, yeah, absolutely, yeah. if they had had him. He was kind of perfect for it. Yeah, especially when he was younger, like he would have been a great. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. But yeah, Roger really Roger Moore like was so old already. Like you said, I want to go back and find it and edit it and put a thought cloud every time he chops someone yeah. and just put judo chop. Yeah. Judo chop every time he does it. <laughs> this is the best the British Secret Service has to offer. This like tummy middle-aged man. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no like, like twenty-five-year-old people in MI5. <laughs> what is this? MI6. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> I, I guess that's my big problem. But you know what? I'm gonna go with a view. T- I will say a view to a kill, simply because, like you said, one song. Yeah. Two. How do I turn down Grace Jones, Christopher Walken, and Roger Moore? With a quick cameo by Dolph Lundgren. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he was dating Grace Jones back then. That's how he got the role. Yeah, I mean, that, that has to be about exactly the same time as Rocky IV came out then. That was like the height of his fame. That's, Rocky IV was, was, no, Rocky IV was like 86, 87. Oh, okay. What was Master Universe? Masters of the Universe was like 88, I think, or 87. Oh, later. Okay. Yeah, that's when he started putting out all those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Showdown in Little Tokyo. Um, what's the other one? I Come in Peace. A bunch of yeah, like yeah. B movies that kind of went straight to video kind of stuff. Nothing or we're into that great longer film that we saw that how many episodes ago? Twenty five episodes ago. That zoo is it? Zoo? Was it oh my zoo? god! That's right. I forgot. <laughs> I, forgot. Yeah. I forgot that we saw something with Dolph Lundgren. That's the only one we watched that was in silence. We watched that in a bar in the sea. It was just we didn't have any sound. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was too damn loud. Because the doors were open. It was summertime. You're absolutely right. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna go. I, I say if you took kill. Okay. Yeah. Go yeah? For it. yeah. All right. So, all right. So there, there we go. That's for this episode. We're gonna call that. So we got one. <laughs> we got. Well, I mean. We determined our lower tier brackets. So yeah. I'm going to read off the lower tier brackets now. So we have A View to a Kill made it to the lower tier brackets. And I was quote unquote clever. So we have the lower tier brackets. We have the M region. Uh-huh. And we have the Money Penny region. Yeah. And the two best movies from these go into another playoff 
to get him to the Sweet 16. Okay. Like I said, this is all figured out at Los Alamos. We can't argue the math here. Yeah, yeah. So, these are our matches for the next episode. For Your Eyes Only with Roger Moore, 1981, versus A View to a Kill, Roger Moore, 1985. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's the 17 and the 24. And then we have a 19 and a 22, which is the man with the golden gun, Roger Moore, versus Octopussy, Roger Moore. There's a bunch of Roger Moores going against each other, but yeah. that's where it falls money-wise. So that's the 19 and 22. Then in the Money Penny region, we have Dr. No, the original mm-hmm. Bond movie, 1962, versus... This is actually... I, I didn't even realize this as I was putting this, this together. Never Say Never Again, first and last movie going against each other. 1983 versus 1962. years between them. Between them. Wow. That's nuts, dude. That's crazy, yeah. You know what everyone talks about, like Wolverine, like uh, Jackman doing it for 13 years, and here's Connery doing it for 21. Yeah. Anyway, so that's a 20 and a 21 going against each other. And then the last uh, group in the Money Pinion region is Tomorrow Never Dies, Pierce Brosnan, against The Living Daylights with Timothy Dalton. That actually, for me... Is the tough one. Mm. Anyway, all right. So that's where we are on the first uh, episode of the best tournament Bond movies 2019. Yep. Let's uh, review our beer, shall we? Indeed. Two Roads Brewing Company, uh, Road to Ruin. It's a double IPA, 6.3%, 78 IBU. What do you say, Mr. Sean? Quickly. It's really tasty. It's a very nice beer. It's, I said before, it's very, makes me feel happy with the weather and the sun. Like, it makes me feel kind of summery. And it's been a while since I've had an IPA because the weather's been crappy. And you yeah. never really want to drink IPAs in the bad weather. You want to drink a, a stout. stout. Yeah, water. right, right, right. Um, and it's, it's refreshing. It's kind of, yeah, it's a nice, it's a very nice beer. You it know, is. It really is. It's, it's, and it carries itself, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it drinks the way it's. It's not too like much. Six point three. It drinks that way. Yeah, and I'm glad of that because IPAs they get competitive. You know, they get one up and there's more hops, more alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Every other IPA these days is like you know eight percent and like so hoppy and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. To yeah, we've talked about this before. It's like I said, like the, the the brewing industry decided to go down the buffalo wing industry, where like instead of just focusing on the taste and how it tastes to people yeah how many hops can they possibly squeeze in before you vomit you know i mean <laughs> yeah. that's yeah no exactly but this is this is very nicely balanced that way yeah i like you said this is a really nice beer yeah and like i said 6.3 doesn't hurt no i definitely get this <laughs> our old standard our standard on the show is if you're at a barbecue and this is the only beer they have are you happy hey i'm Pissed, that's what I am. I think <laughs> I'll, I'll happily end up drinking five of the things within a couple of hours and then be like, it's just terrible. It's fine. <laughs> so tell my wife to drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what do you give? What do you give? Uh, Road to Ruin. Uh, I, I like it a lot. I give it a four point two. Four point two. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm with you. Um, easy to drink. It's a shame we saw in the menu. We saw one that was like our favorite thing going, but we'd already done it. The yes, the the, the, uh, the, the Amagon double. Yeah, the Abby L. So good. Abby L. Yeah. Oh, it's worth talking about games. It's so good. So so good. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah, I give this one a four, a solid four, because like I said, it's 
it's one of those beers where it's not a nice beer, you know. Well, I mean, it is a nice beer, don't get me wrong. But it's like, oh, well, that's nice. I'll give that a 3.8. Yeah. This is above the nice. It's yeah. not like everyone used to try this beer. Yeah. But like you said, if I'm at a barbecue and this is the only beer they have, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm really happy with this. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's a solid four. Yeah. I'll give that one. All right. Well, there you go, folks. That's uh, from the two of us. First uh, episode 56 and the first leg of our 2019 What's Going On Here Best Tournament uh-huh. where we discuss the Bond movies. Yep. So, we'll talk to you people next time. See ya. Bye.